Kuftezvav. One more week, Baruch Hashem, Baba Kama. Says the Gemara. Itmar. We said in the Mishnah that if it's Hamakir Kelev Usvar, Biyad Acher, Viyotla Hashem Gnevriyer, Yishbali Lekech Hamanosan Viyitos. We said in the Mishnah, the Halacha, that if someone finds out or goes to a pawn shop or something like that and finds his stolen goods, even though he has no reason to assume that the person selling the goods now was the Ganav at all, Chazal said he can go take the Chefetz from him. And he has to pay. We have a takana shuk that even though you're taking the chefetz back, since you're not taking it back from the ganav, if we don't have the takana that says you have to pay for it, then everyone's going to have a hard time buying things from people because people are going to be nervous that they're buying stolen goods and they're going to lose it. So made a takana shuk. Now, however, says the Gemara, what about this case? Itmar, gonav machar hukar haganav. Okay, but in our Mishnah, we were talking about we didn't know who the ganav was. We didn't know who the ganav was. So his recourse is only to take it from the person who's selling it. And then we said he has to pay. What about if it was st- stolen, sold, but we actually know who the Ganaf is? So who now does the Balabayas, who is the owner, the Nigzal, go to to get his Chayfetz? So Rav Mishra, he should go to the Gazan himself. Go to the Gazan himself and get your Chayfetz. You don't go to the second one. Rashi says something interesting over here, at least in the Havamina. Rashi says you could go to the seller, but then you'd have to pay him. You'd have to pay him because uh, what, what did he do that he's going to lose it if you can go to the Ganif. But leave that alone for the second. You go to the second one. What's the Machlaikis over here? But whether you go to the first one or the second one. So the first one is going to be four different Pshatim in this, this Maimer, whether it's Machlaikis or not. Some are of Yasef. If Yasef says, it's actually not a Machlaikis at all. Are we talking about Lifneyush or Achayish? Remember, we had earlier in the Masechta the Lach of Ravchista. Ravchista said, And we said Ravchista was talking about Lifneyush. So if it's Lifneyush, so we're going to say over there it's Ratzamizegoiva, Ratzamizegoiva. You can collect either from the person who stole from you, or you can collect if it's Achayush. So then Achayush, you have Yush and Shini Rashus. The Merikah has nothing to do with anything anymore. Okay, so therefore, if it's after Yish, there's nothing to talk about. It's after Yish, you go, you would go only to the first one. If it's before Yish, you can go to either one. Now Rashi points out, so where does our Mishnah fit in? So look in Rashi. Rashi says, Derev Chista. Gozov on Isai Shabbatim, the third wide line on top. Gozov on Isai Shabbatim, Barach of Arachla, Ratzim Yizev, Goy, Ratzim Yizek, Reish Pirkin. V'hainami, Afagav Diyav Dmei, Leganiv, Legabe Haimi, Agazun. Even though this guy bought it, He's a gazlan, and therefore you could collect from him. Me, who says Rashi, Hecha de loy hooker aganif, which is the case of our Mishnah, So that's the difference in our Mishnah and this Gemara. Our Mishnah is talking about where it's loy hooker aganif. You have no idea who the ganif is. So then, if you go collect from the second guy, we say to the second guy, we're going to allow you, Bishum Takana Shuk, to collect the money from the Nigzal. But that's only if he has no recourse on anybody. In the case we're talking about over here, he has recourse. Even when the Nigzal comes and takes the Chefetz away from the Lokeach, we don't have to pay the Lokeach in our case, because the Lokeach will just go and get it from the Ganif. He'll get his money back from the Ganif. But the Nigzal can collect from either one. If he wants to go to Ganif, go to the Ganif. If he wants to go to the to the Lokeach, he can go to the Lokeach, and then if it's Hukar Aganif, the Lokeach will then be Tevei, the Ganif in Bezdin. In our Mishnah's case, that's not the situation. In our Mishnah's case, it's Loi Hukar Aganif. If it's Loi Hukar Aganif, we make a Takana Shuk that you could force the Nigzal to pay to the to the Lokeach, because otherwise the Lokeach is never going to want to buy anything and you're going to shut down the economy. So that's the first shot in the Gemara over here, that there's no Machlaikis in these two Halachas. They're just talking about before Yish or after Yish. Says the Gemara, Abaya, Abaya says, not true. 
You're going to tell me that even before Yish, there's no machlekes, before Yish, everybody agrees, and the only question is, if we're talking about before Yish or after Yish? I'm going to prove to you the similar machlekes as Abaya, even by a case of Lefnei Yish, where by a case of Matnei Skuna. The Gemara is assuming that by Matnei Skuna, if you steal Matnei Skuna, there's no Yish. Why would a Kayin ever be Miyayish on it? First of all, it doesn't belong to any individual Kayin. And also, there's not going to be Miyayish. You'll get it. You'll get it back from, from wherever it is. What's the case? It's not. You sell to, so, to go to the butcher. You say, sell me the innards of the animal. Shopara. Right, there's the Israel Chayayim Vekevo who could be in there. Right, so then you sell it to him. You're not paying by weight. You're paying by just for all the all that meat, by fixed price. So you're paying a fixed price. If he includes in there the stuff that you have to give to the client, too bad, you have to pay the full price. But if it's by weight... And now some of that you're paying for, they're supposed to go to the Kayin. So then we say, You take out the Matnas Kahuna, and you deduct that from the price that you paid, because that stuff is not something you should be paying for. Vyama Rav, and Rav said on that, That's only if you did the weighing. If the butcher did the weighing, Then you could say, Then you go to the Tabach, and the Koyin goes to the Tabach, not the thing. The Koyin goes to the Tabach, and the Koyin takes it away. Now, over here, we're talking about Lifnei Yish. There is no Yish, we're assuming, on Matnas Kahuna. If there's no Yish on Matnas Kahuna, and yet we still see that there is a Shita, that you're going to go back to the Rishon, not to the Shani. So we see that the two, the two Shitas we brought before, Rav and Shved and Abi Yoichem and Yanai, the Rav says Adinim Rishon, and Yanai says Adinim Rishani, the Machlekes is even before Yish. So it says that that's what Abayas Kasha was. So I'm going to Ema, maybe when, when the Rav said over here, Adinamatabach, Ema Af Dinamatabach. Maybe he didn't mean only the Tabach, the first one. He meant either one. You can go to either one because we'll have Yish and going like a Fchist. What would be the Chiddush? You would think that there's no such thing as Gzel on this at all. Manas Kuna is really owned by the Rabbanisha. And wherever it is, it's, it's owned by the Rabbanisha. I mean, you just go, okay, there's no din at all over here. Rashi is, Dalima Kanya did who to be Kayach Kavayakosi. Vechalhecha de Isnu, Ema de Kainanu. Vafil Shokal had Tabach Yigba Kainami Menalakech. Doesn't make a difference. Who's the, who did the Maisa Gzela? Kamashwan, no, Kamashwan, that we say it is the Gzelas, and you can collect from the first one, you can collect from the second one. Okay. But according to this chat, we're talking saying that this Aloha, is going to be exactly like Rav Chista, Ratzimizegayva, Ratzimizegayva, Belifnayish. But Abaya clearly didn't hold like that. Vabaya, the Merpligi, Abaya who held that no, when Rav said over here, Hadinim Atabach, he meant only Matabach, not Ratzimizegayva, Ratzimizegayva. So what's the Machlaikis? Pligi, Bidur of Chista, and Echanami. They will have to say, Abaya will say that the Machlaikis over here between Rav and Rabbi Yechanan is in Rav Chista's halacha. Remember earlier when we brought Rav Chista, we actually had Rami Bar who we said argued on Rav Chista. And so you don't say you say Hadin im Harishan. You collect only from the first one. Now the Rajba points out, it's a little bit difficult to read because the Machlaikis of Chista and Rami Bar that we talked about earlier was only when the Chefetz is not Be'en. If the Chefetz is intact, right, and it's before Yish, then of course you have to give it back to the Nigzal. The Machlaikis of Chista and Rami Bar Chama was when the, sef- the Chefetz is not intact. So you're going to have to learn that Abai is learning this question over here of Zitmar, Ganav, Ramach, Rach, Ganav, is when the Chefetz is not intact, which is a little bit hard to read 
into the case, and then you're going to have to say that the case of of uh, of truma that we're talking about of, of matnas kahuna was also talking about where the chayvitz is not intact. So it's a little bit hard to read into the Gemara. And then the Mishnah, our Mishnah won't be no gay. Still, our Mishnah is talking about where the chayvitz is intact, and when it's intact, you have to give it back, and but you have to takana shuk. It's a little hard to read Abaya. Mefarshim would point out, but Abaya said that's that's what you're going to have to read. So that's the second shot in the Machlaikis, Rav and Rabbi Yechen. Rav Zvira, Rav Zvira said no. You know what we're talking about over here? What about if you have a backwards case? Normally we talked about Yish and then Shini Rishus. So you have the Ganif or Gazan stole it. The Bailam was Miyayish. That's not enough. He would have to give it back. Then he sold it to somebody else. You have Yish and Shini Rishus. So then the second one could keep it. What if it happened out of order? What if the Shini Rishos happened before the Yish? In other words, one was beyond the Ganif, the Bailam was not Miyayish. But then once it was sold to somebody else, then we heard him say, Vailam the Chasar and Kis, I'm never going to get this thing back. But the Yish happened after the Shini Rishos. That only works in that order. Now, the question really, makes, no, makes a difference. The question sort of is, what is the nature of the combination of Yish with Shini Rishos. Someone first should explain, and this would be the one side, is that really it's Yish. Once you're Yish, you're allowed to keep it. You have a problem that you're supposed to be Machserit. Well, what the problem, once you have a question of Shini Rishos, you don't have to give it back, so the Yish is kind. The other shot is no. Yish accomplishes half the Kenyan. Shini Rishos accomplishes half the Kenyan. Well, if that's the case, it is. What's the difference what order it happens in? It should make no difference what order it happens. As long as you have both Yish and Shini Rishos, it's fine. So anyways, according to Zvid, the Mach- like us over here, everybody holds a Rav Chista. It's not a question of Rav Chista's halacha. The question is, if you have Yish and Shini out of order, would that be the case? And therefore, it's a little bit also hard to read is, what does it mean, Ganav HaMachavach HaChukar HaGanav? The Hukar HaGanav has really somewhat nothing to do with the question over here. The question, according to according to Zvid, is just a question of if the Yish and Shini was out of the normal order. It doesn't seem to make a difference if it's Hukar HaGanav, but that, that's the way Rav Zvid is going to read it. Rav Papa, Rav Papa has a very unique way of reading this month like this. Beglima kuliyama pligi dehader. No, like we said in the Mishnah, right? You can always go back to the second one, like Rav Chista said. You can go back and get the chayfets from the second guy. Lamari v'hacha ba'asu b'takana shukum efigli. The one Rav, Rav and Rav Yechon argued and they said adinim arishan adinim asheni. They weren't talking about who the nigzal goes to. They were talking about who the loikeach goes to. Who does the loikeach go to now to get his money? Rav Mishradiv Chiyamar Dinim Arishain that the Dinim is Arishain Dinim Delaykech Delishko Zuzami Ganif he goes after he the pawn shop guy loses his chayfets back to the Nigzal who does he get his money from right he just bought innocently bought a chayfets why should he lose his money so we say no no we're talking about over here but Hukar Aganif Hukar Aganif there's no takana shuk now but Hukar Aganif but like also but takana there's no takana shuk now for you to get the money from the Nigzal. Takana shuk is when it's loy hooker aganif. When it's hooker aganif, you go back to the ganif and get the money who you bought it from. No, he's still dinamasheni. The sheni in this case is the second person in the story, which is the balabayas. Even if it's hooker aganif, we say the lekeach can collect his money like in our Mishnah from the person who is taking it away from him, and then that person can be Tavei the Ganif. So the question is, if we know who the Ganif is, who do we put the burden on? Do we say the burden is on the Lekeach, like Rav said, or do we say the burden is on the, on the Nigzal, the Lemaisa, he goes against his Ganif, in terms of Takana Shuk, he has to pay to that, and then the money he got, and then he can go collect from him. Rashi says to them, what's the Nafkamina? 
Either way, either way, you're coming out with the same exact story, right? The, the money's just moving around, but it's the same thing. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, but all the way down in the Rashi, about uh, 15 lines up in the small lines. Rashi says, Either way, the money's the same money. So Rashi says, What if you have a second party over here who takes the chayfets and doesn't pay for it? Doesn't pay for it all. So the, the, the pawn shop guy over here did not pay for it at all, and the chafiz is not intact, it's gone. You could collect from the second one and not the first one, and then here there's no money to be paid in this case because nobody paid any money. It's not a Takanashuk question. Okay, again, it, it, okay, that's what Rashi says in it. If it's it could be the second guy is easier to collect from. So you're just going to him to get the money. You don't have to pay him. So it, it, could, it could make an afkamina. It's not much of an afkamina, but there could be a case where it's an afkamina who you're going to be collecting from. Says the Gemara, inside, Says the Gemara, so that would mean Rav said in this case, you don't make a takana shuk. When it's hooker aganif, there's no takana shuk. You take the chayfets away from the lekeach, we take them up before years over here, and the lekeach goes and collects his money on his own back from the ganif. Says him, is that true? But we have the following story. He was a Talmud of Rav. So the whatever Rav Huna did, went with Rav's psak. The Hanan Bisha Ganav Ganav Glima. There's a famous Ganav here named Hanan Bisha, and he stole a Glima. He stole a beggar from someone. Vizavna, and he sold it. So also came to Rav Huna, and we found the person selling the chayfets now. This beggar, and they came to Ravuna. Amalei lahu gavra zil shari avitoch. Go unbuckle your thing. Rashi says heter mashkoncha klamer pader mashkoncha shemiyadei. You have to pay to get the chayfets back. You have to pay to get the chayfets back, even though we know who stole it. And according to Rav, if we know who stole it, we said that you're gonna. That we said you stole it. Rav said that there's no takana shuk, and therefore you should not get your money. You should take the chayfets back without paying for it, and let the pawn shop. Go collect back from the Ganif. Over here, Avuna said, no, unbuckle your belt, meaning you're going to have to pay to get the Chefetz back from the, from the Meicher, from the Lekech over here. So why? It's the Hukar Ganif. Hanan Bisha is a gangster. You're not collecting any money from him. That's just not happening. And since you're not going to, since there's no recourse back onto the Ganif, Therefore, if there's no recourse back onto the Ghana, if we still do have Takana Shuk, and we don't make the Lokech lose the Chefus without getting paid by the Nigza. But says Rava, Amarava, in Ghana from a foursome, remember, what's the whole focus of Takana Shuk? The whole focus of Takana Shuk is that we have to make sure the Lokech gets reimbursed, otherwise we're going to shut down the economy because no one's going to buy anything. Everyone's afraid to buy because they'll be afraid it's stolen property and they're going to lose their money. Well, that only makes sense if you're innocently buying things. If you're buying it from Hanan Bisha, who's a known thief, then it's your fault. Why would there be a Takana Shuk to protect you if you're buying it from a known thief? And Rabbi says that. Im Ganif Mefursumu, Takana Shuk. And there is no Takana Shuk in that case, and you lose the Chayfet. You shouldn't have bought from a known thief. Ah, the Hanan Bisha, the Mefursumu, was Takana Shuk. We just saw in the case of Ravuna, Hanan Bisha was a known gangster. And even though he was a known gangster, Ravuna said that the, the Nigzal has to pay to the Lekeach. He might have been famous for other bad things that he did, but Lavdafka was he famous for being a thief. And therefore, the 
the Elokech innocently thought he could buy things from Hanan Bisha, who maybe did other kinds of trouble, but he did not necessarily be a thief. And then it turns out he was a thief, says Rav Huna, in that case, there would be Takona Shuk, because you're definitely not going to be able to go collect back from it. He may, he, since he's, he, he's a tough guy to deal with, there's no way you're going to be able to get his money from him. But you didn't know, know that he was a thief, and therefore we still will have Takona Shuk over there. Now the Gemara really refines when exactly we say takana shuk and when we not. Itmar. Gana fupara b'chayvay. So let's say you, someone steals something and he pays you back, right? You're, you're a malva and you, someone owes you money and you lend, you lend somebody money and he comes and pays you back with a stolen object. Pays you back with something stolen. So you didn't pay for it, but he used it to pay back a loan. Gana fupara b'chayvay. If the guy had bought something on credit and he owed you money that way and he comes and pays you back with a stolen object. In that case, layasu by takana shuk. There's no reason to make Takana Shuk in that case. Why? The Amri Lava died to the Hani Yavle Midi. I didn't lend him the money on the assumption that he was going to give me something, this particular object, and now if it's stolen object, I'm never going to lend him money. It's not the case. I lent him money because I trust him. He's going to pay me back. If we then take the stolen object away from me, that's not going to shut down the borrowing and lending economy. It only shuts down the buying and selling economy because I bought a specific object. Lending the money I was going to do anyways. And therefore, just because we take it away from me without me paying and my recourse is only back on the kind of doesn't mean I'm going to stop lending money. Therefore, there's no talk on a sugar in that case. What about the following cases? Mashkanto shavi mosen b'me. Now, there could be a case where it could be more nagea. What about a case of a mashkin? Where I only lend you money, I'll smack a particular object I'm going to put my, my lean onto. What we call like an apoitiki. Okay, now, I assume that chayfetz is yours. I'm not going to lend you money if I don't assume that chayfetz is yours. If that chayfetz gets taken away from me, I'm never going to lend you money in the future. So by a mashkin, we should have takana shuk. Tomorrow says it depends. If it's a normal case of a mashkin, normal case of a mashkin, you don't lend someone for the full value of the mashkin. You lend them 50% of the value of the mashkin. The mashkin's worth 200. You lend them 100 shekel, because she's off to sell it. And That's a normal case of a mashkin that I can actually, actually legitimately say, I'm lending you the money, only I'll smach the mashkin. And therefore, Chazal would protect me that if it turns out the mashkin was stolen by you from somebody else, that person has to pay me. Fine. But shava b'shava, if it's suspicious, and I lend you 100 shekel and 100 shekel mashkin, I'm not really being saimich on the mashkin. Because normally a mashkin, you only lend up to 50% of its value. If it's shava b'shava, then clearly, I am lending you the money, not I'll smack the mashkin. I'm lending you the money because I trust you. The mashkin just makes it a little bit easier. But it's not really the focus of my lending you the money, therefore there's no reason to protect me. Mazucha says no. Even in that case, also by takana Okay. Zavina Shava Bashava. What about a case of sale? Classic case of Takana Shuk. I buy something from you for regular full price. Also by Takana Shuk, then obviously Chazal would protect me. Shava Mabema Sayin. If the chef is only worth 100, and I overpay, I pay 200. That's already looks suspicious. Why am I overpaying for something? If I'm overpaying for something, that means I'm really not buying it. That really means I'm giving you a present of 200 shekel, and you're giving me back something else. But I'm, the deal has nothing to do with the actual chayfetz, because why would I be paying so much money? So in that case, if sheish is takana shuk, there is no takana shuk over there, because this is not really a case of a sale. It's really a case of matana. By a case of matana, there is no protection. Rav Amar takana shuk. We do make takana shuk in that case. Vehilko says this, Rav Bekulu takana shuk. All these cases. Except for the cases of where in the, you use the stolen object to pay back a loan. But in all the other cases, by a mashkin, or by overpaying, in all these cases, Chazal went out of their way to protect 
the buyer over here to protect the buyer in all these cases that any situation, if the nigzal comes and takes it away, again, except maybe for the case of Hukar Arganif, etc., but in the case of not Hukar Arganif, we always protect him, and if it gets taken away from him, then we're going to say that he's going, again, before years, as we said, then he's going to be protected and be able to get his money back from the nigzal, and then his recourse, uh, and then the recourse of the nigzal to get the money back is back from the gun. Two interesting stories. Abimi bar Nazi, it says. Chamud Ravinave. He was Ravina's father-in-law. Habimasik bar hugavra abazuzi. So he lent somebody for zuz. Ganav glima, aisinile. That person had to pay back. He stole an object, stole a beggar. There was a four zuz, and he came and gave it to him. And then uzpe zuzi, abazuzi, achrini. So he said, here's a beggar, and can I borrow four mozuz? And he paid him four mozuz. Now, we have an interesting question over here. The beggar that he gave to the malva now, was that payment for the first four zoos, or is that mashkin on the second four zoos? And it makes a difference whether it's takana shuk. Right? Payment for the first four zoos, there is no takana shuk if it gets taken away too bad. But if it's mashkin, then we would say there is takana shuk because it's actually tied to the chayfats. So the B'sayf hukar ganef. So we have hukar ganef. Also kamei dravina. Amar kamoi ganef upar b'chayvay. The first four was a regular loan. Regular loan, we said, you're not protected by Shuk, and therefore the Nigzal can go over here and take it back. And you can go deal with the Ganaf later, but he doesn't have to pay you. The, the second four, the second four is going to be based on the Chefetz, and therefore you have to pay to take the Chefetz away because of Takana Shuk. Maskefla Rav Cohen, another unique name we don't see often in Shas. So Rav Cohen said, no. How do you know to look at it that way? Viduma glima bahani zuza kamo yavinihile, gonava parvachoive, gonna parbe kefoi, varba zuzi basoya muni mahamle. Maybe the chefitz has nothing to do with the second loan. Maybe the chefitz was payment for the first loan. But the second loan was also just a regular stand-up loan. And therefore, and therefore you have no Takana Shuk. Takana Shuk was only when you're lending on the object. But if you're just stop doing a lending, then there's no Takana Shuk. So Gaga, most of this halacha bounced around. He said, you're right. In this case, we look at it as two separate individual loans, nothing to do with a mashkin. And if it's nothing to do with a mashkin, there will be no Takana Shuk, and you lose the chefetz, and you have to go deal with the buyer on your own, with the seller on your own. Narsha, I found an interesting case, Gun of Safra. He stole a, he stole a book. Zavne le Pupanoi betamne. He sold it to Pupanoi for 80. Zuzi. Also Pupanoi, Zavne le Barmechuzi, but maybe yes. Pupanoi went and made a second sale, made profit off it, and sold it for 120. Let's say, Fukar Ganef. Then we found out where it is, and now the Balabayas comes to get back his book. Some Rabbiya. So Rabbiya says, well, we should split it up. Lezo Mari de Safra, Vyavle Barmechuzi betamne. The original sale was 80, so the Takana Shuk says he only has to pay. 80. He pays him 80. Veshakal suffered. He gets his book back. And then the second guy goes and collects 40 from the first guy. So Maske Florova, why does that make any sense? If we protect the original seller, why should we, the secondary seller be any worse? He paid 120. He should get protected as well by Takana Shuk. He has to pay the person who has the book now the full price he paid, the final price, which is 120. And then he can get his book because of then when he wants to now collect his money back, so from the original Ganif, he would collect the 80, and from the first sale person, he would collect 40. So Takana Shuk doesn't protect the middleman over here. The middleman over here is going to lose his 40. 
he is going to lose it, but the, it only protects the... So, it's an interesting case over here of who are we protecting? Are we protecting the final seller or are we protecting the middle seller? So, the moment we protect the final seller and the middle seller and the original God, if are each going to lose their chelik in the case. So, this is the Mishnah. This is a Gemara we, we mentioned earlier. Yesterday we mentioned this is a Machlaikis in the Mishnah about a case where you have the Devarim that land on someone's stick. Can you cut the stick off? Tanakama said you cannot cut the stick off. Rishon Rishon Brechon said you could cut the stick off. It's Panatakonis Yeshua. Our Mishnah is continuing with the sheet of the Tanakama. Zeba Bechavise Shal Yam and Zeba Bechadish Shal Dvash. Okay, Dvash is more expensive than honey. Nizdika Chavish Shal Dvash. What? Wine, I said, meant. Sorry. Dvash is more expensive than wine. Nizdika Chavish al Dvash, it breaks. So now he's going to lose all his Dvash. So he spills out the wine. So he can use the barrel, the physical barrel, from the wine to save the Dvash. So if I do it for you, in this case, it's not you doing it against, you know, against my wishes. I'm doing it for you, says the Tana, says the Tana over here. No, or you could pay me for the Chavis, actually. Obviously, you took away my barrel. And you pay me for the work I did, but you don't pay me for the in. I poured it out on the floor. I didn't ask you before. And you were standing there, and we didn't make any deal. It's my own problem. My own problem. I get paid, but I don't get paid for my lost in. If I make a deal, says, I'm only going to do this if you pay me for the wine. So then, of course, you'd have to pay me. If I made a deal, you have to pay me. It's no question. We'll see the Kiddush and the Gemara. But, if I don't make the deal, not. What do we have? The similar case. We have the animals walking, and there's a river fl- floods. And the river, the, it's going to run, flow, f- take your animal down the river. My animal is worth 100. Your animal is worth 200. I leave my animal, which is cheaper. I can only save one. I save yours, not mine. And I come to you and say, hey, I saved your 200 shekel animal. I lost my 100 shekel animal. Pay me back. And the other no. In this case, I, you didn't get anything from me, so you, I, you have to pay me for the work I did, but you don't have to reimburse me for the animal that I lost when I saved you. If you say, make a deal, I'm only going to do it if you pay me back for my animal, then of course, chayev litim. If your dvash is spilling out, or your animal's about to be drowned in the river, in that case. And if you're miyayish, the chayfetz is hefker. And if the chayfetz is hefker, I should be able to just take it and keep it. What? Forget giving it back to you and asking you to pay me for my animal and pay me schar and all that's nothing. Why can't I just keep the animal? Why can't I just keep the dvash? I'll prove it to you. Have a bryce. The bryce says, "Haresha yitayin kadayim v'kadayshemen." If you have yayin and shemen, v'roshe mishdabrois, and you see that they are bro- the kalim are broken, and the yayin and shemen is leaking out, lo yoyma reza chumas v'maisa al perishay shemuzech pesi. You have a problem. You say, "Look, I'm going to lose all this yayin and dvash. I don't want to use my yayin and dvash." But listen, anyways, I have a ton of tevel at home. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make all this yayin and dvash, which is about to spill on the floor, into truma on all the tevel I have at home. Taisa says it's not manamukah, if how you let it do it. Maybe it's Arab Shabbos, whatever. Somehow you're able to do it. And now, when it spills onto the ground, it's the client's problem. It's not my problem. And that, therefore, I don't lose any money. Either way, I was going to give the 10% or whatever it is and the 50th to the client. So now it's spilling on the ground. It's the client's problem. It's no, no individual. It's the client's issue. And I can't want to get away with that. Says the price, you can't do that. If you drew this, it doesn't work. Why does it not work? Because once the stuff is spilling to the ground, it's Hefker. And if it's Hefker, 
it's not yours to take trouble off of, Bechlel. It's not yours. If it's not yours, you can't take trouble on it. And that's why the Bryce says it doesn't work. So if that's the case, Frek Gemara, in the case where the wine and the, the, the honey is filling to the ground, I should be able to just take your honey and keep it. So says the Gemara, the Amar of Sabad Karachalev. Yirmiya is going to say in another case, we're talking about where it's broken, but it's Lavdafka spilling all to the ground right away. There's something wrapped around it that's keeping it intact, and therefore Rashi is just dripping very slowly, so it's not really Hefker. That's the case. Okay, so we have two halachas now. If it's spilling to the ground, it's totally Hefker, you're right, and you can't take Trum on it, and if I save it, I can keep it. But if it's not spilling to the ground, it's just dripping a little bit, then Enechanami is not Hefker. If it's not Hefker, if I save it, that's the luck of a Mishnah. And the Chay, if it's not Hefker, in that case, I could use it for Truma, because it's not really spilling to the ground. So the Gemara is going to break down these two points. So you tell me in the case where it was actually spilling to the ground, I'm not allowed to take Truma off of it. But Tanya, we'll look at the following halacha. So you have money, and someone's coming to steal your money. You have Maishu Shani fruits at home. So you say, Ayve, someone's about to rob me. So I want to be paid there. All the Maishu Shani fruits I have at home onto this money, which is about to be stolen from me. Okay? And therefore, you're not losing any money because the money's just going to be stolen from you. Kiilu that way. So now, according to what we just said, it shouldn't work. Because once the money's going to be stolen from you, it's half you can't be paid onto it. The Bryce says, Vim Amar Dvarv Kayamin. You shouldn't do it, because it's a hefset on the Maishah Shani, but if you do it, it works. Why? We just said if, your money, if you're absolutely going to lose the dvash, if you're absolutely going to lose the yai, if you're actually going to lose the money, it's hefker. It doesn't work. We're talking about a case where you can get out of it, you can run away from the thief. Then why can't you do it like a tchil? The price says you shouldn't do it. Well, if you could run away, so why not? Just do it and run away. It's not so easy to get away. Okay, so maybe you could get away, maybe you can't. You probably think you could. So therefore, it's not really Hefker. If it's not, if it's really Hefker, you know for sure it's going to spill to the ground. You know for sure the Ghanim is going to take it from you. Then it's Hefker. You cannot use it for Truman. You cannot use it for Meiser. All that stuff, all Halakas applies. It's Hefker. In a case where it's Yochel, Hatzai, Dehat, then you should not do it because you don't want to cause a loss to the Meiser Shady. But the Meiser is still considered yours. If it's still considered yours, you are allowed to do If at the end of the day you do it, it works. And it takes off the Meiser Shady. The Meiser Shady is that. And if it was a Truman Meiser case like the Previous halacha, the trumas and maishas would work. You shouldn't do it because you're going to end up causing a loss to the kain. Maybe, or maybe even probably. But you're allowed to do it if, if you do it, it works. Says the Gemara. Now there's two gears in the Gemara over here of whether this line of the Gemara, what the kasha of the Gemara is. The kasha works both ways. The Gemara says if there's a pseida, you're saying the chachila. Taisus takes it out and says no. The whole kasha is that it shouldn't work to begin with. Why? But look at the following brayso. You have Tevel Tummy. That's a key point in the story here. The Tevel is Tummy. Tevel Tummy, you can't do a lot of things with. Okay? It's not worth that much money. The only limited amount of things you could do with it once you take the Trumas and Maestros off. Trumas and Maestros not a Tummy, you cannot eat. You could take Trumas and Maestros off of Tevel Tummy and end up with Tummy, Trumas and Maestros, but you can't eat it. Trumas, that's Tummy. It's Chayv Misa if you eat that. So, Tevel Tummy, Vera, Achas Menshenishbra, you see one of the barrels is broken, Oisha Nizgala, or you left it out overnight and you're not allowed to drink it or do anything with it because we're afraid there was poison from a snake inside of it. Aymer, so what you do is, we're talking about over here specifically the case where it was Tevel for Trumas Meiser. Not Tevel for actual Truma. Tevel, you are a Levi and you already got it from the Balabayas as Meiserishan and now you're supposed to take off Trumas Meiser. That's the particular case. So, Amarei Trumas Meiser, Al Teshech 
you, if you want, you can take the one that's spilling to the ground over here that is either spilling to the ground or is exposed and make that Shumas Meister on the rest. But by Shemin, by Shemin you shouldn't because there's going to be a half. So we'll talk about Shemin in a little bit. So what's going on over here? It's spilling to the ground. And if it's spilling to the ground, we just said, it's Hefker. And if it's Hefker, you can't take off Truma from it. So how does this work? So this is what Rav Yumi originally said. A Rav Yumi, it wasn't spilling directly to the ground. It was just dripping. And therefore, it's still yours and you can do it. So that answers the one case in the Bryson. One case in the Bryson was that it was spilling to the ground. So Rav Yumi, it wasn't really spilling so fast. The other case was when there was snake poison in it. Snake poison, you can't do anything with. Water with, or wine or whatever it is with snake poison in it. In which case, it's Hefker. So how are you going to answer that question? If it's Hefker, you can't take Shumas and from it. You can't drink it, but you can use it to spritz on the ground. One of the things they used to do was, when you have dusty floors, you just spritz water, or if you could afford it, you spritz wine on the ground to pat down the water, to pat it down. So maybe if you have poisoned wine that you can't drink, you can at least use it for ziluf to spritz all over the floor. Some of Atanya, you're not allowed to spill them out even. Maybe a kid will lick it up, or who knows what. You shouldn't make it into mud. You shouldn't use them to spritz around the house. Well, the Ashkenazim have to. You shouldn't feed feed an animal with it. So you see that even poisoned water, poisoned wine, you know, they even do zilif with. So again, it's hefker. So no, we're talking about where you could put it through a filter. If you put it through a filter, you could take the poison out of it. So the says, "There's no such thing as filtering out the poison." When you have the top level and the bottom level, if the bottom level already is exposed. You can't get anything out of it. It's like a it's like a goo. As long as you don't mix it up too much, you can go ahead and filter it out. So according to Mechemia, it's filterable. You might not want to drink it, but at least you could use it for zilf. That's only if you don't stir it. Of a tarka, if you stir it, it's usher, because then it gets mixed in. You can't filter it out. You could filter it out from the top of the brow without mixing it too much, and then you'll go ahead and be able to take out the poison, and therefore it's not considered hefker. So the two cases over here are not a cases of hefker at all. Either it's akol besabad, and therefore it's not spilling so much, or it's filterable. So says, wait a second, but that only works according to Mechemia. But Mechemia, me tamirun, you can't do it at all. Vatanya, tarmin minatame alatame. If you have tummy stuff on tummy stuff, you could. Minator alatar, or minator alatame. Avaloi minatame alatar, you're not allowed to take truma. You cannot take truma tamea on even stuff that's tamea. We don't want you having truma tamea. Only by demai, where we're not sure if you really have the truma to begin with, will we make and let you take off truma tamea. So, says the Gemara, no, Hakanami Bishal Demai. We're talking over here, it was Demai. So we're coming out now. Then Enechanami, if the stuff is totally going to be spilled to the ground, or if it's totally poisoned, you can't filter it. You cannot take Shumas and Maisu off it. It would be totally Hefker. If someone else can save it, that's their problem. They can do it one away because it's Hefker. If it's not, then it's, if it is salvageable, then it's not Hefker. You still necessarily, the Bryce said you shouldn't do it. The Bryce said you still shouldn't do it because it's going to maybe cause a loss to the kite. In a case where it maybe should cause a loss to the kite, you shouldn't look at to do it. We still have to finish shot in the Bryce over here. So what exactly is the case? We said by Shemin you can't do it at all. By Yayin you could, but you shouldn't. We still have to finish that. We'll pick it up here tomorrow.